0: Hello and welcome to a special Euro 2020 edition of the Gambler Betting Podcast. I'm Selectabet and I'm joined on the podcast by Greg Brown and David Weatherston as we try to make sense of the multitude of betting options available pre tournament and to pick out the best bets available. How's it going, guys? Yeah, I've I'm been overwhelmed.
1: Lost.
0: Yeah, lost. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's uh, no end to the amount of bets that you could have on this tournament. It's probably the biggest amount of markets I've ever seen. Uh, and we're talking about it t- today, Greg. You could, you could actually go a bit mental, couldn't you? So uh, you can wait. lose the plot. You could really go down,
2: couldn't you? You could,
0: Yeah. You could. So I think our, our first and last piece of advice on it is just to to be Keep sensible. Calm. Yeah, that uh,
2: was my advice.
0: And don't go mad on it. Uh, so we're going to have a look at the, the tournament. We're going to try and tackle it group by group, and then have a wee look at some specials and see which are the best to try and get involved in. Um, I'm not sure if having three Scottish guys on a podcast to discuss a major international football tournament is taking the piss. I'm <laughs> not, but um, we'll give it a good go. Uh, obviously, well, saying we...
2: that we are well represented this year, so we are we have qualified. So. We we can throw our Tuppence worth in quite right.
0: Yeah, we can fully justify it, uh, and I, I think it's fair to say that the nation is is very excited. We're kind of uh, cautiously optimistic, Greg.
2: Absolutely, yeah. I think um, over the course of what Steve Clark's tenure, um, we've steadily improved. We have got what you could probably classify now as some really really talented players. Probably something we've been lacking in over the last. 20 years or so <laughs> but if you look at John McGinn if you look at um, obviously Kieran Tierney Andy Robertson you've got young players like Billy Goldmore coming through as well um, it definitely goes well and we, we're definitely there in merit so I think quietly optimistic is a good way of putting it I wouldn't say I was as optimistic as everyone else but um, we're there but we do have three really tough games to come up against
0: David are you quietly optimistic or overly hopeful
1: yeah, definitely both. <laughs> uh, I yeah, I thought we were really excellent against the Netherlands the other night, which yeah. gave me a lot of uh, a lot of hope. Um, yeah, I think we've got a lot of talent in forward areas. It's just, um, I think defensively we're pretty weak, and whether or not, um, yeah, Steve Clark, I think it's, it's he's probably had the longest time. He's Had yet to drill them, so that's mm. what he's that's what he was brought in for to get us into a shape. And it kind of, yeah, I mean, against the Netherlands, I get the Luxembourg games a bit doesn't really count because they're the red card and stuff. But against the Netherlands, we looked good on the ball, solid off the ball. And, um, yeah, I'm very, I'm very hopeful <laughs> going in. It's the actually, you, David.
2: It's, it's the hope that kills you, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, we're lucky enough that we've we've Remember major tournaments with Scotland. Oh, David, uh, I
0: just you were twelve the last time we were at tournaments Yeah,
1: right? yeah, and I remember it well, and how excited I was. When like I remember, if I phoned my mate after Colin scored the penalty. Just like I couldn't contain how excited I was. I phoned them on the landline. I
0: was going uh, to say, did we have, do we have mobile phones <laughs> then? I don't remember,
1: to be honest. So, you know, I just, yeah, just yes, it's so good that it's quite it's quite weird. It's sort of typical Scotland that we get into a tournament when we can't go and watch, but. Um, it's yeah, it's just really exciting. Obviously, I'm not getting the build up over here, but um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be really really good to watch, and it's great. All, all the games are on terrestrial TV as well. They're the same over yeah. here. They're all on yeah. um, free to watch TV over here as well. So yeah, really looking forward to watching it.
0: And obviously, you're over in Norway. How's the build up been over there? Is it a bit low key since Norway yeah.
1: at the tournament? It is. So yeah, they played a couple of friendlies with. They've got a new manager in, so. Uh, they're just, yeah, just keeping them to themselves and try to build for them. What was the, the uh, view
2: after the Greece game, David?
1: Yeah, it was a bit a bit worrying. Um, it wasn't a good performance and obviously a bad result. But uh, I think there's, there's good talent in the Norwich squad. There's a lot of young players and there was quite, the elite. Serie was quite well represented as well, which is not the case for previous managers. So it's quite good for me to see some of the guys who I've been following for the last hearing a bit, getting, uh, getting recognised at the national level.
0: In terms of the, the tournament itself, David, had situation been different in terms
1: of restrictions, would you be making the pilgrimage back to Scotland yeah. for, for some games? Yeah, definitely. I think I, I know like pretty much every major tournament, me and my mates would get together at least one or two days to watch all the games in the day and just <sighs> sit in the garden and have some beers, but uh, definitely... I mean, I always wanted to go and see Scotland in a major tournament, but um, yeah, it'll have to be, will have to be next time. I'm not going to go, go to Qatar, so we'll have to be the time after that.
2: <laughs> well, uh,
0: I'm starting to save up for the, the World Cup, and is in Mexico, USA, and Canada already. So that's how so, confident is it? that's how <laughs> confident I am. I yeah. was uh, uh, on the cusp, hopefully, of you know being at these major tournaments on a on a regular basis, but yeah, I'm mindful of not making this a a completely Scotland-centric podcast, so we'll we'll move on. We do, of course, have three home nations at the tournament. Uh, England being there, and we'll cover them in detail, of course, uh, when we get to Group D. Wales, uh, they're in a a tough group uh, with Group A, alongside Italy, Switzerland and Turkey. We'll start with that one, Greg. And that one, from a travel point of view, is probably the most extreme um, group games taking place in Azerbaijan and in Italy where Switzerland are the hardest done by. They have to make the trip from Baku to Rome, back to Baku, um, which constitutes a four-and-a-half, five-hour flight uh, <laughs> each time. So that's going to you know, really sap Switzerland in that group. And uh, Italy have got it fairly easy. They've got the, all three games in Rome.
2: They do, yeah. So I think the way Italy are playing at the moment, they are absolutely on fire, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just in terms of actually and post betting, I think you can still get Italy at what eight to one, I think it is. So the way they're playing at the moment, I don't think they've lost a goal now in seven matches, and I think they've only conceded one goal now in their last eleven matches, and they're unbeaten in 27. Oh. You have to go back to 2018 to find Italy's last international defeat. Any guesses against who that was against?
1: Um, no. They lost a bad game against, like, a, maybe a Ukraine or something. Albania.
2: They, they lost to Portugal away. Oh. I don't know if that was a tournament or whether or not that was a, a qualifier. I think it was a qualifier. They lost away to Portugal 1 0. So to go 27 games unbeaten. Mm. Um, and I think they're coming into this tournament but not a lot of pressure on them, is there? You could say.
1: There's a lot no. of more
2: fancied nations in Italy.
1: Quite a young yeah. squad as well, isn't it? It's quite exciting, sort of young squad. There's no real
2: superstars in that team, but I no. oh they're playing well and they're, they're winning games.
1: They, um, and they've got a really good midfield, which is obviously important. Like They're going to they're going to keep a lot of possession with Jorginho and Barella, probably two of the, two of the better centre midfielders. So, yeah, it's, it's a really exciting squad and they've got a goal scorer as well in Ciro, Immobile, which is obviously important in major tournaments. So, yeah, I think...
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: They'll be pretty happy with the group they're in. Obviously, uh, yeah. they've got the three home games. I think um, Tur- Turkey Turkey played well. I think they beat they beat Norway recently, but they beat um, the Netherlands I don't as think well. As
2: David, <laughs> uh, Yeah, they beat the Netherlands
1: <laughs> as well recent in the in the World Cup qualifiers. I think, and um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting group. I think Switzerland. I know. I know you said about the travelling, but they've got Wales first. I think if they can beat Wales. In the Set first them. game, leaves them in a really good position, sets yeah. them up nicely. They probably already go through with one win, but um, even just a draw in one of the other games would. would there's help no doubt them in my eye. mind
2: that Italy win this group. And, yeah, uh, I, agree. I, I agree. I think between the other three sides, there's probably not a weak side in there. But uh, I don't just know. looking a little bit, de- looking a little bit deeper at it, um, you, you mentioned the point about Switzerland having to do the travel, but I've been really impressed by Turkey over the last, what, 18 months to two years. When you look at Turkey's results over the last, what, 18 months, they've drawn 3-3 with Germany, they've drawn with Russia, they've drawn with Croatia, they have drawn and beaten France, they beat Holland 4-2 in the qualifiers. They're actually in really good shape coming into this. Um, they had gone three wins in 17, but they're now just one defeat in the last 13 matches. And with Switzerland kind of cruising their group in the qualifiers, for me, it doesn't bode well for Wales. I think Wales are going to be the weakest link here in this group. It is a hard group to call. It's quite a tight group. But I'll probably explain a bit more why in a second. Now, I didn't realise Wales were playing two games in Baku. So having travelled to that neck of the woods, watching St John's play Armenia, um, for the geographers out there
0: uh, Where's my St. St
2: Johnson <laughs> Gong have <laughs> <laughs> got 10 minutes to get a St Johnson quote in here But having Traveled to Armenia to watch us play In uh, Yerevan Azerbaijan's so neighboring right? country Of Armenia And it was in June And it was boiling yeah. It was absolutely roasting I remember looking at Fraser Wright He came at the tunnel for the warm-up And he was melting he was absolutely <laughs> sweating.
1: <laughs> um,
2: we lost that game 1-0. But what it does do though, and you'll know this even better than anyone, it just saps the life out of you. Yeah. That sort of heat. So it's yeah. a five o'clock kickoff in Baku. Um I'm not saying that Turkey um, are gonna finish above Wales because Wales are playing in Baku and it's gonna be really hot and humid and well, uncomfortable to play in. But them. I think you have to factor it in. And looking at these games, Italy obviously played three games in Rome. Wales play two games in Baku and travel to Rome to play Italy. Uh, For me, I've looked at this group in quite a lot of detail and I think there's a couple of decent markets here for this one. I think Wales not to qualify at five to six. Well, it's a good shout out. Um, So obviously we know the third place teams can qualify, but I'm trying to think here. Where are Wales picking points up from? So I can't see them going to Rome and picking up any points. Um, I can't see them beating Switzerland. They might get a draw against Switzerland, and I certainly can't see them beating Turkey. So, for me, I think Wales to finish bottom, not finish bottom, sorry, not to qualify out this group at five to six should be taken on.
0: Yeah, and of course, not to qualify doesn't mean finishing bottom necessarily. You know, they could be one of the unlucky third-place finishers, not. To make it into the quarterfinals, I think we, we said the six of six of eight third place teams will make it into the the knockout
1: stages. Yeah, I think yeah, if, I think if you get three points uh, and finish third, you you'll get through. I I just can't see I can I just can't see a scenario where all of the groups will have three or more points for the third place team. I think there's going to be teams with two and one, mm-hmm. and it's just yeah I just I think if yeah, you win one game, hope, it which gives big. you so much hope. Like that, yeah. I mean, Wales, yeah. Wales, Wales have got if Bale. If I mean, I, I know he's, I know he's kind of on the downward curve, Bale, but he still showed glimpses this year that he can be one of the best players in the world on his day. And he does when he puts the whale strip on, he seems to turn on, doesn't he? I, I, I do wonder like he's got he's definitely that's something that he's probably if you look at the group, he's probably the best player in that group in terms on his, of On his day on his day, yeah, that yeah. it's just that X factor. Like he could be the one that just produces something against maybe a Switzerland or, or Turkey. I think Italy will probably be too good for Wales, but Switzerland or Turkey, like they're not I mean Turkey seem yeah, they seem to be playing playing well recently, Turkey, but uh I, I mean, it's yeah, the best chance of getting points
2: against Switzerland. Yeah, I agree with that. I they have to that. win that, I think, Wales, if they want to finish third. Um, yeah. And I'm not being disrespectful to Wales because I think they've qualified again. Obviously, they had such a great 2016 tournament, which was a kind of one off, I guess, which was quite exceptional for them to get what to the semis, was it? semi finals?
1: Yeah, they got to the semis.
2: Yeah. Uh, I think this time, though, I just think they're coming up against sides that are. Just a little bit, have a little bit more quality. And I, I do think Wales playing both of their games, or two of their games, sorry, in Baku doesn't help them. Um, and I've not heard much about that um, at all, really, in terms of stuff that I've read up about. It's a five o'clock kickoff in Baku, uh, and it's going to be about 30 degrees. Um, they're playing Turkey, who are used to playing in that heat. So there's a couple of things for me. So obviously, the first one, as I said before, would be Wales not to qualify at five to six. And a second bet that I like the look of, I think it's match day two, is Turkey to beat Wales in Baku, and they're up eleven to eight with Skybet.
0: Yeah, that one's on June the sixteenth. I was kind of looking at that group and just kind of on paper thinking it, it doesn't look a group with a huge amount of goals in it. But actually, Turkey have been banging in quite a few goals in qualifying, um, and seem to have a fair bit of firepower behind them.
1: They do. Yeah.
2: Uh, Just won the league a, with Leo. A what a season he's had. Twenty goals I think he scored for Leo this year. Um I think he scored five international goals in his last five. I think that included a hat trick against Holland, possibly. Four
0: two game. Um,
2: sorry, the four two game, yeah. So I, I think he's their top marksman in terms of goals. He's six to four actually to be their top goal scorer. He's yeah. also
0: also a penalty taker as well.
2: Three kicks yeah. penalties. Possibly, I must admit, I'm not a massive fan of the top goal scorer market at all, really, either tournament wise or club or country wise. I just think so many other things can happen. Uh, it's not a market I'll probably be looking at, but he is there. Um, I think twice, like, striker.
1: There's going to be so many penalties again, I reckon. Like with with VAR and just in general, there's always so many penalties. Like the Europe, the, the refs in European games, they always seem to give penalties which are just so borderline. Um, it'll be. I do okay. think a penalty taker could definitely yeah like Kane at the World Cup just I don't know how many penalties he scored I think he scored about five penalties didn't he <laughs> like,
2: yeah.
0: but you're right I think that's, that's got to come into your thinking if you're looking at any yeah. top goal scorer markets. it's penalties just you know based on what we've seen in the Premier League if nothing else this season yeah yeah, that, that might be a, a special that we, we touch on um, either later in the podcast or maybe something that we can look at and put out on, on Twitter later on. Okay, so Group A, we reckon it's uh, who finishes in behind Italy, Greg, and do you reckon that's not going to be Wales?
2: Yes, spot on. I just think Turkey and Switzerland, they have a little bit too much. Wales are going to have to beat Switzerland, I think, to finish third. Uh, I don't think they will. I think Turkey will beat them in Baku on the 16th. So for me, those are out and Turkey have won. That's, that's, that's the plan.
0: <laughs> OK, uh, Group B is kind of similar. Um, Belgium, Denmark, Finland and Russia. And I guess it's all about who finishes second and third behind Belgium.
2: I think a really solid bet for this group is Belgium to win it. It's a bit short at 8-11, but it's not a bad price to be fair. No, not at all. Um, I think we speak about the golden generation of Belgium football, but I guess they've yet to win anything, have mm-hmm. they? So they're probably geared up for this as well as any tournament they've gone into, um, especially with the players that they've got at their disposal. They, they, they do have a really talented squad, and I think well, their are third favourites to win the tournament, I think, at 11-2. Yeah. So th- there's no doubt in my mind, again, that Belgium will finish top of Group B, um, Denmark will prove to be quite a stern opposition for them, but I think overall in that group, uh, Belgium's class will come out and top. And eight to eleven is probably worth backing. Actually, you may even get four to five in some places, but I think the general price for that one uh, is yes, eight
1: four, to eleven. Four, four to five on uh, Paddy, so that's
2: one point it? One point eight. That's right. That is that's spot on. <laughs> so. The 4-5 actually is very attractive and I'll probably be getting involved in that, I think. I just think they've got too much firepower and too much quality in that team not to finish first. I think Finland, unfortunately for them, really are here to make up the numbers. I know that seems a bit disrespectful, but they're conceding a lot of goals and they're a surprise package to be here, Finland. Um, I can't see them offering much of a fight against either sides in this group. And on that point, I think Finland are a good value to finish bottom of that group. I can't see where they'll pick up any points from. I think Denmark will beat them. And Russia, who haven't had a bad qualifier, to be fair, I think they'll beat them as well. So Finland to finish bottom, which I will double up um, later in the podcast with someone else.
0: Yeah, just looking at the group generally, I think... um... The only question mark you would really put against Belgium is the fact that their game against Russia is in St Petersburg. Um, I think they've got two games in St Petersburg with the other one in Copenhagen. The Belgium are 46 to win that game in Russia. you are probably better take the 45 on them winning the group if you think they're going to win that game. That's uh,
2: a great point. Really, really good point. Um, I think as well, the Bookies have obviously priced up all three rounds of group stages, group games. Yeah. And we've got no idea of understanding what's going to happen in the group day three.
1: Yeah, it's best to wait.
2: There could be teams that have won their opening two games and all win the group already. Mm-hmm. So I would urge caution um, on anyone doing any match day three or group game three bets until that has arrived. And to yeah. the point, I think the four to five is much better than taking the four to six.
0: I think... Yeah, I don't think there'll be many people looking ahead to match day three, shall we call it, um, in the group stages. However, if you're clever enough to work out various permutations, there might be some value in there. Because, as you say, if teams are sitting top of the group with six points after uh, two games in Switzerland, for example, you know if they have plenty of miles to travel, they will sort of obviously look to rotate that squad. Um, as an example, maybe not the best example, um, you know, and make use of the fact that we have maybe got a, a wee opportunity in the third game to 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 rest some players. Um, so yeah, that that can work the other way, I suppose. Um, you could actually find yourself getting some early value, but yeah, it's probably not something that many people are going to be looking ahead to at this stage. Uh, David, do you have any thoughts on Group B?
1: No, yeah, just on uh, Belgium. I just wonder how Kevin De Bruyne is. Yeah, uh, yeah. obviously, hurt, hurt, he broke his broke his nose and eye uh, socket. I think it was in the Champions League final. Mm-hmm. He's a pretty crucial player for them. Um, with you know Eden Hazard is not the player he was. And
0: no, and I don't Tony think Hazard's that
1: sh- good, but he's not. I don't know I how don't. regular he's going to be.
0: I don't think that should be underestimated. I think we all look at the Belgium squad and think they've got tremendous uh, strength and depth. But De Bruyne is such an important
1: player for them, yeah. I think. I mean, they, they, yeah, I mean they've got uh, they've got other good players that could definitely fill in, no doubt. And I actually think Romelo Lukaku could be a great shout for top scorer at the tournament. I know Greg does not wanting to do the old top scorer one, but he's going to hit penalties. He's been yeah. unbelievable for him this season. With Inter. the group they've got looks pretty, gent- pretty nice. Uh, Finland looked pretty weak probably the weakest team in the tournament maybe the second weakest team in the tournament But yeah, if, anyone, think,
0: if anyone's going to miss the Bruyne it's probably Lukaku
1: Yeah that's that's possible but um, yeah, there is uh, there is a lot of talent in that squad I, I do think they'll win that group quite easily it's just whether or not they can uh, they can beat the big teams uh, consistently uh, if they can win two or three games against the bigger nations at the end of the tournament that's they've never done it before so it remains to be seen.
0: Yeah, a win of the group sees them play a 3rd place team, um, either from Group A, D, E or F, so good luck trying to work that out. But yeah. um, <laughs> at, at least it is a 3rd place team, although having said <laughs> that, that could easily be anyone of uh, France, Portugal, Germany, yeah. or, or even Hungary from Group F. So, yeah, there's just so many permutations when you get to the Round of 16 um, that it's almost impossible to try and, try and work it out. OK, so Group B... It's therefore taken for Belgium, uh, and we think, Craig, that Finland will be the team that struggles.
2: I'd be stunned if Finland did not finish bottom of group B. It would it would require a disaster from Russia, really, or Denmark for Finland to finish above them.
0: Yeah. Okay, on to Group C, uh, which features Austria, the Netherlands, North, Macedonia and Ukraine. Um, we probably all seen the Netherlands up close uh, last week when they played Scotland. Really quite disappointing, actually, um, the Netherlands. Um have probably got quite a kind draw on paper here. Um, and it's maybe not the strongest squad that we've ever had. Obviously, Virgil van Dijk is going to be a huge loss for them. Mm-hmm. Um any thoughts on this one, David? As to is anyone likely to offer up a challenge to the Netherlands in terms of talking uh, about?
1: Yeah, I would say so. Um, I think I think uh, Austria and Ukraine both potentially could. Uh, if you look at the Netherlands, obviously, since they won the Nations League, um, was it last year or two years ago? Can't remember when it was, but uh, Ronald Koeman obviously left and went to Barcelona, which was a big blow for them. And they brought in Frank de Boer, who's um, yeah, he's not been a great success pretty much anywhere he's gone since he since he won the league with PSV, however many however many years ago that was. Um, I think I think uh, Ukraine are, are the dark horses in this one, though. Um, they were really good in qualifying. They they won Group B over Portugal and Serbia, which was um, probably a surprise. At the time, Andriy Shevchenko was the manager, obviously, Ukraine legend. But he got them really solid. They conceded four goals um, in qualifying in the eight games they played. So that shows you the the type of uh, type of football you're going to get from them. Mm-hmm.
2: Unbeaten as well, weren't they? they Unbeaten,
1: yeah. The they beat Portugal home, drew, drew away. Uh, the only other draw they had was at Serbia. So they drew at Portugal and Serbia won every, every other game. Um, I think they like they've got good players or good uh, attacking options. I think their striker, um, their striker, played for Ghent in Belgium and he scored something like twenty goals um, in the in the Belgian league. That's uh, Roman Yaremchuk. He scored a whole load of goals for Ghent this year in Belgium, which I know it's I know it's not the highest quality league, but if you're scoring goals anywhere, it's going to translate usually. Um, but Andre Yarmalenko from West Ham and Ruslan Malinovsky, who's had an incredible season with uh, Atalanta, he is really really talented left-footed player. Um, I think. I think Ukraine, with they've got a base, sort of defensive base that's based pretty much around Dynamo Kyiv um, and Shakhtar Donetsk. So they all know each other, played each other uh, at club level. So I do think Ukraine could be the ones that could challenge Netherlands for the group. I don't know if if they will, but I think I think what will happen is all three of those teams will go through because in the group also is North Macedonia who obviously got there through the UEFA Nations League Group D path Hey, don't Um, knock it No, no, they they, they got the the Path D winner, so they were even worse uh, even worse off in Scotland but they beat Kosovo and then they beat Georgia uh, in the final and it was Goran Pandev uh, um, who got the goal and Taking his taking his country to their first ever major tournament, which is obviously amazing, but I, I think I think they're there to make up the numbers. If if we're honest, um, they've not got a great record. They were they were well beaten in qualifying um, <clears throat> by I didn't write it down. <laughs> <take> <laughs>
0: We'll find out in a wee
1: second.
0: Uh, I don't have that in my notes. Uh, yeah, the other yeah, ones. No, right?
1: Yeah, I, 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 think, I think a good bet for, for this one is could be that North Macedonia, to no, not score any goals, is five to one. Which, yeah, I mean, fun. against Ukraine, who hardly concede any goals, against the Netherlands, who should dominate the game possession-wise. And Austria, who have a really, really strong-looking midfield with um, Sabitzer, uh, of Leipzig, Alaba of well now Real Madrid, then Conrad Laimer, Schlager, and Baumgartner are all regular players. Uh, well, they've all been playing regularly for Austria for years now, and I think that is a really really strong five in midfield that, could, that um, should be able to dominate the game as well against especially against North Macedonia. So I think for them not to score a goal at five to one looked pretty. I thought that was pretty generous to be honest. Mm.
0: Uh, yeah, was it the Austria game you're maybe thinking of? Austria beat them 4 1 I see back in uh, 2019 in the a, in a Euro qualifier.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what I think. Honestly, I've been reading so much stuff today, it's absolutely up <laughs> in my head. Um,
0: yeah, North Macedonia, they're the lowest ranked team uh, ever to qualify for the Euros so yeah. def- they definitely up
2: against it it's a massive massive thing for the country for North Macedonia Yeah, they'll be delighted to be there but I think you're right David they certainly look like they'll just be making up the numbers here uh, yeah. all the other three teams so should be far far superior I think the Ukraine one's
0: interesting, David, just looking back at some of their results, they've beaten Portugal and beaten Spain and they yeah. I think got a, got a draw by France as well in France. Um, and I think on their day, they can be very good, but they've also lost to a whole host of teams as yeah. well. So I don't think you would back them with any great confidence, but they fall into the, kinda, not necessarily that coarse category, but definitely the team that could spring a surprise.
1: Yeah, I, I do think that. And I just think with this group as well, like with North Macedonia they are it's given them a great opportunity to, to go through and I, yeah I think those three will go through all of them it's just I guess you luck lucky the draw who you get in the next round especially if you're yeah if you're finishing second and you're playing one of those third teams from any group you could imagine So uh, the runner-up in Group C okay the runner-up in Group C plays a winner in, in Group A so that could be Italy mm-hmm. but um, yeah
0: yeah, it's not the strongest, the group's... It's not, think.
1: but the winner of the group gets to play a third-place team. But I do think that the Netherlands are vulnerable, like we saw against yeah. Scotland. They're not... They're not like they're not the team they were. Uh, obviously, without Van Dijk, they're relying on Matthijs De Ligt, sort of leading the line at the back. Um, one thing I did pick out with them is Memphis Depay, who scored against Scotland, and I think he scored in the last three games for the, for the Netherlands. For them, him to be top scorer for them is 5-4. Uh, to four. I think uh,
2: he's six
1: to four, D six to four, yeah, right. He's
2: five, yeah.
1: I think that's pretty generous. He's their main yeah, man up top. He's gonna to hit penalties. He I think he scored six in qualifying. He wasn't actually their top scorer in qualifying. I think Wynaldum scored a couple of tricks against the sort of lesser teams and uh, beat him to top scorer. But I think Depay is their absolute marksman and he's been in good form again this year for for Leon. So I think it's um worth yeah, seems a pretty good price considering he's definitely gonna be playing up front himself and
2: yeah. he's, on, he's on penalties and free kicks
1: uh, yeah yeah yeah, definitely and this also
0: looks like a group where there could be goals David
1: yeah with that North Macedonia there it's just mm. yeah I think Memphis I think Memphis was something like 16 to 1 or 17 to 1 top yeah, score in the tournament to which yeah. I don't I'm not saying it's a it's not a, like a a tip I just think that price considering they have North of Macedonia like somebody could score a hat-trick or four against them
2: yeah, like I think, yeah, quite you easily. Have to score probably what six goals to win it. Yeah. So
1: maybe, maybe even five, maybe yeah. even five. And uh, the Netherlands, yeah, I just think at home as well. They've got their games at home in Amsterdam. I think, um, I think they're in a good position to to, to score goals. Um, just against Ukraine in that first game, it could be KG, And uh, Ukraine have got enough. And if, if Netherlands don't win that game, then they need to be Macedonia in the last game. And that's when you could see somebody scoring three or four goals and Depay could be the man.
2: And that's a pretty good point, David, as well. I think for me, I'll be keen to see how the first round of games go. Yeah. What that should then do is it should make match day two really intriguing in terms of identifying opportunities.
1: Yeah. And
2: for match day three.
1: Yeah, I do think like football... Obviously, football goes in cycles. I feel like it's kind of getting into another cycle where the sort of low block and defensive... defensive uh, sort of four and five and right on the edge of the box seems to be something that a lot of teams are adopting, especially international football where you don't really get the time to work on attacking phase. Um, I do worry that there could be a lot of teams just sitting in and playing counter-attacking football and it could create a bit of a... sort of, yeah, dull tournament. But... um, You've just you scrapped out
2: the buzz. Well, and <laughs> <able> to, oh, <laughs> let, let's just
1: let's just cancel the podcast.
2: Chelsea, so uh, <laughs> Chelsea kind of did
1: it against Man City, didn't they? Like, and
0: well, it's good. It's good reason to be fair. I mean,
1: yeah, no, no, got, I'm not saying Man I'm City's saying number, shouldn't, but but like, I'm just saying, I, I feel like sort of football yeah, becomes a trend, swung a, bit, a bit like that, and it's. I'm not a big fan of watching teams doing that. I, I think it kind of ruins the spectacle. But yeah. um, I just I do wonder if teams will sort of adopt that approach especially in those first group games where a defeat could sort of yeah could kill you
0: okay so group c are you nailing your colours to the mast on any of those uh, bets that you
1: mentioned just north macedonia to get no goals uh five to one i think that's pretty generous price considering um considering yeah what what they're bringing to the to the party
0: I think that's fair enough Ok, Group D is where the tournament really starts isn't it, let's face it um, mm. England, Croatia, Czech Republic and Scotland and obviously a standout game is that match between the, <laughs> for the old enemy uh, at Wembley uh, that's the middle game for both England and Scotland and I don't think Scotland's chances will hinge on that match, will we, David. I think the other two games are probably where Steve Clark will identify picking up some yeah. points. I
1: think, I, I think it's the first game. I think we need to win. I think we need to win the first game against Czech Republic uh, to have any chance. Um, and I, I think we might win it. And I think we're t- two to one or something. Is it two to one? Yeah. Uh, I, thought, also, I thought that was
0: a big price.
1: I think it's a great price. Uh, like Czech Republic have had some really poor results recently. Um Wales beat them recently, I think. <laughs> they definitely um, not country
2: we should be. On we wasn't.
1: beat them recently.
2: <laughs> 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 like honestly I, I I I'm
1: really, really looking forward to watching that. I think we can I think it's a game we can win. I don't think we need to be scared of Czech Republic um, and it's a hand in it's a hand in, in front of Twelve thousand fans, ish. Yeah. Um. I just think uh, we're in a good position. We've got some. We've got some talented attacking midfielders. We're capable of keeping the ball now, which is something I don't think we've been able to do for Scotland for a while. Mm-hmm. Um. And we've got Che Adams, who looks like a really good front man. Um. I think. Yeah. I mean. I I'm, I'm at the risk of sounding too optimistic. I think if we <laughs> Steady. win that game, we will go through the group. Um, yeah, maybe obviously. third place. But, yeah, uh, I but I just think... I think, I think, as think well, it's, someone
2: it's, made the point about... Must the must win. The, the, the players we've got now bringing that bit of swagger, so the English Premiership players that, that come into this into the squad, so McTominay, Robertson, Tierney and McGinn. Yeah,
0: I mean, you've got two Champions League winners in there now.
2: Yeah, there's a bit of swagger about that squad in terms of the confidence that those players must bring to that squad in terms of what they've achieved at club level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I mean and it's something we've been missing for so long.
1: There's not many better left centre back, left back partnerships in the world than uh TM <laughs> Robertson. Like it really isn't. It it is not its a bit of a worry if we get sort of bogged down and that's where that's where we've kind of we're in a position where Steve Clark's going to play Stephen O'Donnell at right back or right wing back and he's mm-hmm. not very yeah. good yeah we're quite imbalanced in our respect, wise, we? I do. A, yeah we he
0: are,
1: we are. Standard, isn't
0: he? I yeah. thought what I thought what was really encouraging on Wednesday night was the um, Kevin Nisbet goal and just the nature of that goal yeah. and how he scored it you know to be a counter-attacking team is just yeah. something that you know Scotland have never really been and renowned they have, for they
1: have to be that they have to be that because they don't we don't have the Quality that some of the big teams do. I was, mean, yeah, that was a great goal, and he took it really well as wellness. But yeah. he's obviously he's just a Everything natural finish. Everything we do, finisher.
2: good will come from the left hand side. Yeah, I think I'm so. I'm pretty sure that. the public will be aware of that. Yeah, and it'll be up to them to see what they can do to nullify that left hand side threat. But yeah, we're got to score a goal. It's going to come from the left hand side. Yeah, I do agree with that. I do agree with you. Okay, I'm very
0: wary that we have a significant number of English listeners to the podcast. Um, can Scotland get a result at Wembley? Yeah, we're going to pump them
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's the spirit <laughs> um, no, for me, no, but I seriously don't think, I don't think we will I think it's a free game As David said, I think in a way if We can get a positive start It is if Yeah, check the public yeah. then, um, It's a free hit almost I, I, I think it's a really tough game to call I, I don't think Scotland will win the match I, I really don't But if we win that first match Then who knows the conference was that
1: first win. I think, uh, well, so. that england the england squad i mean it's absolutely packed with talent um in attacking areas but yeah the, and if if harry maguire isn't fit which it looks like he's not going to be for the first game if he's not fit for the first game how are you fit 5 days later for for the scotland game like, I, I think he I don't think Harry Maguire is by any means one of the best defenders in the world, but I think he's the leader of the defence.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I do think it's think the
2: pace England that England have that is me. England's pace and attack. Yeah, definitely. And,
1: here. And the thing with, with what England have now is as well, they've got players who can take it in tight areas, which they've never really had before, like Phil Foden, Mason Mount, Jadon yeah. Sancho, like three players who can take it in tight areas and create things out of nothing. And they've got the guy who finished top scorer and top assister in the Premier League in Harry Kane so they're in a great position the pretty envy of most countries in the attacking areas mm-hmm. is just whether or not in that yeah defensively they'll be good enough, they've not got, they've not got a world class goalie, they've probably not got a world class centre half and yeah, I do think that might come back to haunt them later on in the tournament but um in the group, well, they
2: do you have those? They've got three games at Wembley.
1: Yeah, I think I think they'll win the group. Um, yeah, I think Croatia aren't the team that they were two years ago. Three years uh, ago, three years ago, God, yeah, <laughs> three years ago, uh, Scotland. I mean, Scotland, and England could be anything. That could, they could, we could do something. I don't, ugh, I mean, I don't, it's not the important game for us though in that group. The important <laughs> game is the first one. And uh, Czech Republic and England will be far too good for them, as they like Czech Republic is the type of team that England in qualifying just, just, just swat aside. Yeah, just yeah. won't
0: playing against it at Wembley, yeah. don't they? It's
1: just like a three-four. Yeah, so I think England will win the group. Um, pretty. Yeah, I think they'll be pretty comfortable. I think England could easily win all three games
2: and uh, take in the terms group. of progression from that group, then, so as we know, if England win that group, which we think they will do. And I think most people would agree, they will then play the runner up of the group of death, which would be obviously either Germany, Portugal, or France. And we'll, we'll touch upon that group in a second, but it does make England's path to the next, or to the last eight, to the quarter finals, a bit more trickier, because they are going to have to play either a Portugal or a Germany, I'd imagine, in that last yeah. 16 match. And then
1: probably Spain. To be
0: perfectly uh, want to see if I was Gareth Southgate I would just kind of step aside and let Scotland win the group Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's probably the best strategy that you could you could aim for um, We could actually as Scotland fans look to England to do us a favour I think it would be if they're going to beat us at Wembley we'd also prefer that they won their other two games is that fair to say as well? Absolutely Yeah Yeah
2: Definitely uh, They absolutely hammer those other two sides <laughs> Well
0: they kind of always won from 1996
2: Um,
0: I blame David Seaman for that when they let the Netherlands score (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Um, which knocked us out unfortunately so uh, uh, I hope uh, hope Gareth Southgate is well aware of that at the time. Um, Okay so Group D fairly confident that England will win this group um, far too strong a squad compared to the rest of the teams in the group. Quite possible that they'll take all nine points which might be a bet in itself Um, Are we saying it's then between Croatia and Scotland for second place? Are we ruling out Czech Republic here?
1: I wouldn't rule them out. I just I, I think I think we need to beat them if we want to qualify. But they'll be thinking the same. They'll be thinking we need to be yeah. strong if we want to qualify. I don't. I, it's a bit of a toss up. I think obviously Croatia's got a better team than than us. Um, but yeah, we're at home, yeah, it's possible. It's. Po- I don't. I think runner up may be pushing it. I, I think we can qualify as a third team. And uh, I'd be happy with that I'd take that <laughs> It'd be absolutely I guess delighted, the question delighted yeah. would
2: be about Steve Clarke's selection For this match On Monday And Who's who's going to play Who's not going to play There's yeah. obviously been shouts For Gilmore to start Since he played That's not going to happen No Since he played half an hour Against uh, Luxembourg but He was
0: excellent To be fair
2: He was But he played half an hour um, Against 10,
0: 10 men, men. Yeah. <laughs> Of Luxembourg Okay <laughs> Point taken uh, yeah, it would be a very brave decision for Clark, I think, to to put him in. And I think, I've i all seen shouts yeah. for Patterson to start at right back to give yeah. us a wee bit more dynamism. I think that, the, I right think that would
1: make sense, but it's not going to happen. No, the, the truth. I think we could pretty much name nine players, and then maybe not sure whether Dykes or Fraser or Christie starts up front with Adams, and mm-hmm. then yeah, not hundred percent sure who starts at the back alongside Tierney that's the other question is whether he goes with two up front I think
2: think he has has done that hasn't he he? and Adams I think Adams is a definite starter so it would be for me probably Fraser
1: yeah it just seems to be the way doesn't it like O'Donnell will start even though I think a lot of people think Patterson would be the better option uh, or Mm -hmm.
2: yeah
1: just seems to be the way
0: Yep. So all eyes on Hamden on Monday, I think it is, isn't it? Uh, the game against Czech Republic, and that will that will probably shape Scotland's tournament um, from the off. Greg, you've already kind of touched on England's potential route through the tournament. Um, if they top the group, they then potentially play the runners up of the the group of death. Beyond that, if they if they win that game, they then face a trip to Rome before potentially semi final and final at Wembley. So it is all laid out for England to have a right good run and get deep into this tournament?
2: Yeah, I I think it is. But I think they've got some really tricky games to get through. But I do think they'll get through them. And that's probably the difference this time. Um, As I said before, I fully expect France to win their group. And that leaves Germany and Portugal fighting for that second spot. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I still think England can easily dispose of either of those countries at Wembley.
0: Yeah, I mean, the record at Wembley is phenomenal, isn't it, really? So uh, they won't fear anyone there, I don't think.
2: No, not, not at all. Like you said, they'd probably prefer a, an easier passage um, if they were to finish second in the group. Mm. But, but I, I don't think that's going to happen.
1: No. The only thing is they don't play the quarterfinal at Wembley. If, if, yeah, it's um, Rome. It's Rome or...
0: Yeah, Rome or... I'm assuming they went the greatest yeah, yeah, struggle, yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
2: but then it's, it's back to Wembley for the semi and the final, so and yeah. that's the hard part about looking at the tournament before it starts. I, th- I think, for me, from a betting perspective, it's great looking at the thousands upon thousands of amp post bets and specials and all that sort of stuff. But I think, from a betting's view, it's great to have those bets on. But I'm really fascinated to find out what happens. After the first round of the games,
0: yeah, that's it's much easier. We'll you
2: yeah, get much more idea what's going opportunities. on. Opportunities, even for stuff like corners and bookings and stuff like that, and goals. Um, from from the second round of the games onwards, it'll be, it'll be much much easier.
1: Yeah,
0: and you know, David may well have had a point five or ten minutes ago when he was talking about how you know the the trend for maybe worst scoring games might be apparent after the first round and you'll be in a better position to know yeah.
1: um, how
0: the tournament's shaping up at that point OK, we'll move on to Group E it's uh, Poland, Slovakia, Spain and Sweden um, another game that looks like it should be fairly plain sailing for Spain who play their three home games in Seville um, the other three teams have to travel back and forth from Seville to St Petersburg um, and yeah, I, I, I guess Greg will kind of factor in the this travel has to have some impact um, on the tournament and the teams that are involved.
2: Of course it does. Different time zones. I don't think anybody enjoys travelling, flights, hotels, all that sort of stuff. So you definitely have to factor that in. Um, I think for Spain to have three games in Seville is fantastic for them. Even without that, you, you still expect Spain to win the group. Um, again, Spain, in terms of the markets, are what, 8-1 to one to win the tournament. I think they're, they're probably a country. I would say that we could probably guarantee won't win it. <laughs> um, I, I think there's probably three or four that you say could. So France, England, Belgium, um, possibly Italy. But I, I, for me, I don't think Spain are just good enough at, at the moment to win the tournament. Yeah, but is there to win the group?
0: Is there eight to one based on reputation rather than current ability of the squad?
2: Probably a bit of both, to be fair. Um, but I think it's probably quite a fair price against who they're up against. I think Belgium, England, and France are quite rightly shorter than them. Um, not to digress too much, because we'll touch upon it later. But Italy look overpriced in my view. But Spain are probably where they should be in terms of the price to win the tournament. Yeah,
1: I think I think um, Germany would probably be better priced than them if they were in an easier group. Yeah. Um, I think that definitely has a bearing, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Portugal as well. I think in Portugal, I think Portugal got a really good squad this year. I think they're definitely one of the contenders. They'd probably be shorter than Spain if they were in an easier group. If they swapped groups, yeah.
0: Is there anyone in that group E that we think can maybe cause an upset for uh, mm. for Spain?
1: No, um, mm. I don't think so. Uh, I just, I think. It's, I mean, Spain qualified at thirty-one goals, five against. Comfortably beat uh, Norway and Romania, Um it wasn't a difficult group, mm-hmm. really. Um, just what the interesting thing with Spain is like no no Real Madrid players, which is absolutely mental to it's think incredible. about. Yeah. Um, and also, Americ report, got his passport, got a fast tracked passport, so he could play for them okay. for this tournament, which seems absolutely ridiculous. But um, uh, that is the case. So I think Spain. I think they're probably missing a goal scorer although Gerard Moreno scored a lot of goals for Villarreal this year he's never really he's only played 11 games for Spain so he's not like he's 29 years old and he's never been their go to man I think in midfield they've got the classic sort of ball playing midfielders and Thiago uh, Koki Marcos Llorente uh, Pedri, they've got a lot of good sort of Players that will keep possession. I mean, they'll be they'll will be tough to tough to beat, I think. And I think it's the type of team that like maybe in England would struggle against just because of the possession so that though, they'll have yeah. in the ball. Yeah. But, Ferran
0: Torres might be worth, worth keeping an eye on as well. I um, think
1: so. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely scored a hat trick for them, didn't he? Quite yeah, recently
0: against uh, Germany.
1: Yeah. Um, Hammer Germany. I, don't, I mean, they've got a lot of young talent. Obviously, Ansu Fati's injured, which is a bit of a shame. He looked like he was sort of coming on to a game for uh, Barcelona this year, and uh, he's done quite well for Spain as well um, recently, or if not recently, but before he got injured. So I think they've got they've got they've got a good sort of young-ish squad, Spain. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd, I don't see them winning it. But I do. I don't think I don't think they'll be miles away. I do think they. It will take a good team to beat them.
0: Yeah. And in terms of the other three teams in the group, Poland, Slovakia. Yes, well, that's pretty, that's pretty yeah, is that what I asked? I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <he did. laughs> I think
2: um, neither of those three sides for me, um, I'd be overly fussed about, especially no. Poland and Slovakia. Sweden are mm. a bit of a funny side, but I, I don't think that the three of those countries will be causing you any shocks.
1: No, I don't think so. I mean, obviously, Poland have got Lewandowski, who scored 53 goals this season, which is. Incredible. Yeah, I think, um, I think just the football fan in you would
0: like to see Lewandowski go deep into the tournament. Yeah. Because you
1: know, it's, it's never really happened for him. It's a classic world class striker in a pretty crappy national team. Not crappy, but the like average national team like Shevchenko when he was at Ukraine. Yeah. Right? yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Lewandowski is, is, is an absolute classic. But um, yeah.
0: And Ole th- McBurney, obviously.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Slovakia, I think Slovakia are another of the weak teams in the tournament, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, They were beaten by Wales and Croatia in qualifying. They got through the playoff um, path by, I think they scraped by Ireland and then scraped by Northern Ireland, which is not not great, is it? They only scored six goals in six games in qualifying. Um, The other two games were against Azerbaijan. They scored seven in those two games. So Mm. six goals in six games against the sort of, Proper nations uh, doesn't speak for a great team, and I think they'll be. The, I think they'll finish bottom of that group, and I think Sweden and Poland that game obviously between them will be crucial. Sweden have good players. I uh, was last hands out. He sort of came back from retirement and then got injured, which is uh, like, that's probably good because I don't like people that come back from retirement for tournaments. Doesn't seem right. Um, but
0: shame so is not, not going to be there though. It's a bit here. of a
1: shame because. <laughs> it's They've got some good players. Uh, Dejan Kulisevsky plays for Juventus, 21 year old, very, very talented attacking midfielder. They've also got Emil Forsberg plays for Leipzig, another good attacking midfielder. And 21 year old, definitely want to watch. Uh, Alexander Izak um, scored a lot of goals for Real Sociedad this season. I think he gets 17 in the league for Real Sociedad. Um, so, yeah, that's Alexander Izak. He is definitely want to keep an eye on. Um, he could cause. I may mean, scored that many goals in the Liga, so obviously Spain will know all about him, and uh, he'll be keen to probably, you know, he'll be keen to impress against uh, some of these. Yeah, I think there's a couple of real players in the squad, but also just guys he's played against this season.
0: Yeah, so the crucial game in that that group looks to be the Sweden v Poland match.
1: Yeah, I would say so. In
0: terms of who goes through. Okay, we'll move on to Group F, the last of the groups, and uh, yeah, there's always the the cliched group of death and this is definitely it and you've got to feel for Hungary being in alongside France, <laughs> uh, Germany <laughs> and Portugal. Um incredibly three of the top five in the Betting, all in one group.
2: How has that happened? <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you know what? See as long as Scotland's not in it, I don't really care.
1: How, it, how has it happened though? <laughs> like is it fuel is it, like, it's obviously not a seeding thing this time, is it? It's all to do with I don't even know. Is it to do with where you whereabouts in the world, yeah?
0: I think there's, there's not a combination also of um, certain teams having to be at home, obviously, yeah, the game, yeah.
1: games. Uh, uh, it's in really unfortunate. Strip. I mean, yeah. Hungary Hungary are obviously going to enjoy themselves, but they, they don't want to get absolutely smashed up three times.
2: Mm-hmm. So I guess just pick it up then from Finland uh, to finish bottom of. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that, was, that was way back in Group B we discussed that, but yeah, go on. That about an hour ago, was it? Yeah.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so for me, it's an absolute no-brainer. Um, it'll be a miracle if Hungary finished anything other than fourth. Um, yeah. So I think we can all agree right now that that will happen. Uh, Hungary will finish bottom with Group F, and that makes for a nice 11-10 to double with Finland to finish bottom with their group. So nothing flash. I think it's two strong groups with two sides who are probably just happy to be here and are probably way at their depth. And that's not being disrespectful, I just think they're up against some really, really talented countries. Yeah, That just feels like a
0: a no-brainer, really. Um, Anyone prepared to predict who is going to finish first, second and third in this group, in what order?
2: I think France, for me, will be first. I'll let David discuss second and third, but I think France will finish first. Um, I think there's
1: definitely a chance that France have, have a bit of an issue. There is a reason why Benzema wasn't called up for so many years. I do wonder like, what's going on there. Like, Why has he suddenly been called up? I mean, I get that he's been having a great season. Um, I, have I got just got wonder the how they get on. Gone. I mean, Griezmann. they've got Griezmann, they've got Dembele, they've got... Uh, Oh, they've got. I mean, their squad is absolutely jam packed. Yeah. One thing, one thing I actually picked out was um, just just while we're on France, uh, player of the tournament. And this this is not something that I would totally like to. Like, I don't usually bet on this sort of thing. But N'Golo Kante is getting so much positive press, like yeah. he could do no wrong right now. He could <laughs> he could run around the pitch and never touch the ball, and people would tell you that he's had an unbelievable game. He's like I think it was like I can't remember. I think it was like sixteen to one to be player of the tournament. He's he's like everybody's golden boy just now, and I think if he can a Surely though, four,
2: can't get to of the tournament,
1: he's going to win the Ballon d'Or. I guarantee it. It's like it's like, a <laughs> me, it's like the media's just got behind. It's like uh, Ruben Diaz winning the Player of the Year in England. It's like the media just suddenly go, "Oh, look at this guy! He's like done some but good tackles I, and that." Let's just keep talking. I, I think he's
2: on his days. third round though of being praised the way he is because yeah, yeah. We agree, when he moved from the west of the Chelsea initially he was he was like Makalelli times ten. And, yeah, yeah. and now yeah. because I won the Champions League everyone's raving about him again. Yeah, I
1: know so so he's fourteen to one to be best player of the tournament. I mean, you, quite often these things go to goal scorers and stuff, but I just honestly, there's such a like a love in for him just now. I, f- I feel like it's something that might be worth a couple of quid, he's, he's twenty to
0: one, uh, yeah. six, 5 which okay. puts, puts him on a par with Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, but it's incredible to,
1: to think of it, isn't it? Like that's <laughs> but, Right, so I actually think um, I, I'll. It's really hard to call. I really like the look of Portugal squad. Um. I, I think Portugal could, and I, I, I think Portugal to get to the quarterfinals is even money. Um, I think, for me, Portugal have got one of the most balanced squads at the at the tournament. Um,
2: yeah.
1: They've I mean, got I've- a goal scorer, uh, <laughs> obviously, Ronaldo. They've also got Andre Silva, who's scored a lot of goals for Eintracht Frankfurt this year. Um. They've got Ruben Diaz, the best player in the whole world. Um, (laughs) They've got Joe Cancelo, who's had a really good season. Um,
0: Igor Jota.
1: Yeah, I mean, Bruno Mm. Fernandes, Bernardo Silva, uh, I think Portugal have got a really good squad and they're all sort of late 20s, apart from Ronaldo, who's sort of a freak of nature. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they've got a right good chance and Ronaldo um, he's just obviously chasing this the Dahi goal scoring records
0: oh you've ruined my question <laughs> yeah
1: so he's,
0: only I, six question goals is, him.
1: he's only six behind him he's only six behind oh yeah. god how much would he love he will be uh, yeah. desperate to Absolutely score desperate. the seventh goal of the tournament in the final to win it for them <laughs> and yeah it'll be and, and penalties for a team like Portugal Like yep. I don't know who will hit them Bruno's there but I think Ronaldo will, be, will tell him no pull, pull to, rank uh, yeah, I just think I think Portugal got a really good squad. I think Portugal could win that group because France I feel like France have France have kind of sort of uh, changed around the formation since they won the World Cup. They're not really sure who's the best, uh, who's the best fit in what what areas. Um, yeah, they've got a really good squad, and also Germany. I think Germany are probably the third best out of the three of them yeah, at the moment. the moment yeah. just. But this tight is hard, and I do think they'll all beat Hungary and go through anyway. And it's just whoever whoever gets the third, yeah, whoever like England, whoever they get if they win the group, will be could will be a right tough game. And then whoever gets the third place team in Group F will be absolutely gutted after winning a group. (laughs) When you win a group and then you get to play a third place team in that group, (laughs) it's going to be really, really tough to take. I think. Mm -hmm,
0: Yeah, just on the the Ronaldo. Potential of him scoring those, those six goals that he needs to equal in seven um, to overtake and become the highest international goal scorer ever. And just a shout out to uh, Slip who posted a tip up Mister Fixit's tips of Cristiano Ronaldo to be top Portugal goal scorer at even money, which I thought was a yeah, very good shout. I
1: thought that was a good shout as well. I saw that um, I saw that earlier on your site. Um, I think, yeah, I just don't see who's, who's going to outscore him. Like who, he's going to play every game.
0: Fernandes is, is probably the most obvious if, as previously discussed, hey, he scores a penalty,
1: lot of penalties. <laughs> I yeah. just don't see Ronaldo giving him penalties. There's no chance Ronaldo's nope, giving a
0: penalty. not when he's chasing <laughs> that record. Absolutely. Not a chance. Uh, so I thought that was a great bit because, you know, barring injury, Ronaldo's obviously going to feature in every game. He'll be on penalties, he'll be on free kicks, and he's got this record to go for. And we're talking about just being Portugal top goal scorer here. And, you know, doesn't matter what any other team does or any other striker.
1: Nah.
0: All, all he has to do is outscore every player in the squad.
1: And he's a he's a big game player, Ronaldo. Like yeah. he he loves turning up for those games, and he's got two huge games in that group, all like straight away against France yeah. and uh, France and Germany. He'll be absolutely desperate and he could to score win goals. this by
2: just scoring twice. That's the thing. Yeah,
1: He could
2: score twice and win it. He could score once bit. technically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So yeah, I, I think that's a that's a really good shout from from Slap Steps there. Um, Greg, you anything you want to add on Group F?
2: No, I think um, I think the the one two three four France. I think the question marks around about the German side. Um, as David said, Portugal, pretty decent squad for this tournament again, and there's no doubt that Hungary is going to finish bottom. So um, you can sit and analyze each group to death, really. Uh, pardon the pun for, for the group of death. But I yes. just think for me, France just have, personnel wise such a good squad and I do, I do think they will finish top of that group um, and as David said as well Germany and Portugal providing they beat Hungary which they should do will qualify anyway mm-hmm. so yeah I'm just I'm just looking forward to getting the first round of games out of the way
0: <laughs> Yeah, I was just curious I'm just having a very quick check of a uh, well, odds checker it, it's a uh, 15-8 for the tournament winner to come from Group F
2: Again, see stuff like that for me, I, I just think there's so many different outcomes. There's so many different countries. I, for me, I don't think you can bet on those markets for me. I know people love betting on outcomes and outrights, but when you look at the market itself, how can you pick between France, England and Belgium as a, start, as a starting point? And then no, you go yeah. to the mix, Germany, Spain, Portugal and Italy. Yeah. So there's I mean, there's 17, seven countries there where it's, it's difficult to pick a winner. Yeah. I, don't I think, think you're right. Can say they're going to definitely win the tournament.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes this tournament fascinating because I don't, I don't remember a tournament being so tight in the betting. No. You know, you could no. make a, you could make a ge- case
1: for a good half dozen. But, uh, but that's yeah, for I think you can make a, a case
2: suggest- for seven,
1: seven teams. I think, and that's pretty, that's pretty unusual for a Euros. Uh, we still
2: can't, You could probably bring ten people into a room and. I think maybe you might only have one or two people that agree in the same same country winning it. Mm-hmm. I just think there's so many different ways this could this tournament could, could go. I would suggest don't even worry yourself about it. There's so many other markets to look at. Um, I know you're probably going to ask us. I'm just <laughs> I'm just, to just
0: about to ask. It's next on my <laughs> list. <laughs> I must admit, I'll, I'll
2: be honest. I, I don't know. I really don't know. Um,
0: Come on, give me a give me a country.
2: I'm probably going to have to go with France. Yeah. They're tournament favourites um, But I wouldn't put it past Another two or three countries Who could also win it I just think for me From a betting angle And a betting perspective I wouldn't bother yourself And worry about picking the outright I just think there's So many other things To bet on for this tournament uh, It's so close It's too close to call for me
0: David, one word Who's going to win it? <laughs>
1: um, Portugal
0: Uh, whilst we're here um, Greg, who's the dark horse that we should be getting interested in?
2: Looking through the groups I think a a popular choice is going to be Turkey Mm. and I think that's on merit because I think Turkey over the last two years as I said, they've beaten France they've drawn with Germany, they've beaten Holland they have beaten some pretty decent countries and they come into this in really good shape Um, there's nobody else out there that jumps out a dark horse I think David mentioned Ukraine possibly but other than that he'd be stunned if any other nations that we haven't spoken about would cause an upset and and, and I can't see where an upset would come from so a dark horse for me would probably have to be Turkey
0: I think what's interesting about Turkey is they're obviously in a group with Italy who we fully expect to win that group if Turkey finish runners up in group A they play runners up in group B which, assuming Belgium wins Group B, leaves them playing Denmark, Finland or Russia. So there's definitely, a, that. Yeah,
2: definitely. definitely
0: a plausible route through to the quarterfinals for Turkey.
2: Yeah, I must admit, I, I do fancy Turkey to progress um, from the group. Um, and based on the fact that they're going to have a decent game in the next round, it wouldn't be a shock for them to reach the quarterfinals.
0: Yeah, and even looking at the quarterfinals, um, if it goes to, to forum. Then the likelihood is that they'll play in the Netherlands. In the oh, court finals
2: again!
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's
2: uh, it's certainly all we play for. for Turkey, David. Are that calls from you.
1: Scotland. I
2: think David's been on the old Walker tonight. I think.
0: But seriously.
1: Yep, Scotland. I think I think we looked really good against the Netherlands. So Organised, I think. <laughs> I'm just, just I might. As well. What's, what's the you've point of these tournaments if I can't get excited about Scotland getting through <laughs> to the last sixteen and then beating Germany in the. <laughs> ah yeah, you, uh, you think, sitting in uh,
0: Levanger I do, I think, right now with your kilt on.
1: It's <laughs> actually at home. I can't. I can't, it's in Scotland just now. Uh, I think. Um, I honestly think Scotland, but uh, yeah, Ukraine. Ukraine are one to watch. I think with have uh, got some decent attacking options and. Obviously solid defensively, so solid defensively is very important and um yeah, I think Ukraine Ukraine could be the could be a dark horse.
2: And I think just to go back to the winner stuff you said a second ago, I, I do think England will be there or thereabouts. <coughs> I think England to get to the semi finals I think is a best place six to four. Um which I don't think's a bad bet. I'm not suggesting England will win it, but I don't think it'll be far away. Yeah, I, and that, that should hopefully appease my English listeners now. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's, it's all going to come down to that last 16 game for them, isn't it, really?
2: Yeah, but even that last 16 game, I still, I think if you can play Portugal, then it's a bit different than Germany. But even that, they're, they're two really tough, tough games. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, regardless. Yeah, exactly.
0: OK, um, I know we've kind of touched on the fact that you don't like top goal scorer uh, bets, Greg, so I'm going to go to David and see if he has any players that you think worth worthwhile having a look at.
1: Yeah, I, think, I mean, I talked about Memphis, just in that group, um, uh, a group of, yeah, the easy group with uh, North Macedonia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, apart from that, there's a I mean, Giro Mobley's pretty well priced at 16 to 1 on Paddy Power. I'm not sure what he has elsewhere, but Giro Mobley, proven goal scorer playing in an Italy team that sort of has a nice group, you would think should, should be able to progress. Um, I'm just trying I to think, find a place on him, give me two seconds. Uh, yeah, no. yeah, but I mean, that's sticking it's, to the outsiders. I do think Harry Kane. With the group that they're in, the hits the penalties. I think, yeah. I mean, Harry Kane's a short, 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 quite a short price. I wouldn't bet on it. But.
2: And the funny thing is, any of these players could essentially be top goal scorer. Yeah, you, actually, you've got three or four players there who could quite easily be top goal scorer.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I do I don't know if you're going to talk about specials, but Paddy Power are doing a special with, with if you who you bet on a top scorer, every shot and target they get. In the tournament, you get a one-pound free bet, so that could be quite. That's quite a nice wee. It's nice wee promo, it's, isn't it? Just like Ronaldo, he'll shoot all the time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so just yeah. on Ronaldo, he's fourteen to one to finish yeah. tournament top goals. So We're obviously we've covered uh, what he needs to do in terms yeah. of the, the tournament. He's it's obviously got other. against Ronaldo. He's going to have other games beyond Euro 2020 playing for Portugal to. to Uh, capture that record but as you say David it would just be so Cristiano Ronaldo (laughs) to do it at the tournament Uh, one other one that caught my eye was uh, 99-1 to on Phil Foden to be (laughs) top I really like Foden I think he's a tremendous player and this could be his I I hesitate to call it his breakthrough tournament because I think he's already a well established uh, Premier League footballer but I thought that was quite a big price as well if if he's going to find himself alongside uh, Harry Kane in that England team,
1: aye, uh, 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 yeah, I mean it's a big, it is a big, price. If you look at the people that's kind of beside them, in, mm. in even the just as a, as an each way bit it might be of interest. Okay, you
0: mentioned specials, David, um, Greg. You've had a, a long and hard just look at the amount of specials. A long
2: look. I like everybody. Do be for quite a lot of the specials that are exactly the same? Mm. But there is one that's caught my eye in terms of a best price, and I think. Most bookies are offering a tournament's total special.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That you can actually bet on total corners in the tournament. <laughs> so that's son. a lovely way, a lovely <laughs> countdown. The count down from 500 corners, celebrating every corner like a goal. <laughs> How many games are there? Total? There's 51 matches.
1: Right.
2: So you're talking 10 corners a game in every that's
1: game. Pretty, that's a lot.
2: Yeah, I think to your point as well, David, I I agree with you. I think there could be a lot of tight games in this.
1: Yeah.
2: It's the same with the total goals market. I think Bet365 are offering over 129 goals at evens.
1: An average of 10 a game. It's not the Elite series, it's the European (laughs) (laughs) Championships.
2: Exactly. (laughs) So as much as I'd like to do one of those bets for a bit of a laugh, um, I'm probably not. But that said, there is one market that I do like the look of and it's the red card market. So you're getting 75 on over 6.5 red cards. Now, I went to Perth Academy, so Perth Academy taught me that that's a red card once every 7.3 matches. So when we put it into that terms, more than achievable. I think the fact we've got VAR as well, I think football's probably changed a lot since the last tournament in terms of refereeing, in terms of tackles that aren't Accepted anymore Or tolerated anymore So I think for 51 matches For there to be 7 red cards I think, think it was back in 75 Now the last tournament Only had 3 red cards I think that was the same number of teams I might be wrong And the tournament no, before that also was had was 3 yeah.
0: No this is the biggest tournament so far Yeah this is the this biggest is the most, So there will the be
2: more was, games this tournament So there's 51 games Seven red cards. There's going to be lots to play for. A lot of really kind of t- a lot of really good teams uh, towards the end of the tournament as well. Um, and like you say, you've got North Macedonia, Hungary. Probably nations are going to struggle a bit against the better sides. And as I said before, VAR's introduced now here as well. So I think seven red cards at 75. It's quite a nice little bet to have for the tournament. And um, as I said before, it's one. Red card every 7.3 matches.
0: Yeah, the we'll always have some delightfully mental referees at these tournaments as well. There's actually one from Argentina in the tournament this time around. Isla.
2: Yeah,
1: that was interesting. Uh, yeah, so he can like, at least send best. off no, four really.
0: players. <laughs> <he won back. laughs> It'll be interesting to see how he fares in the games that, that he gets. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's really interesting. What price is that, Greg? Uh,
2: 75
0: best price at Bet365. And that's over six and a half cards. um in terms of total goals You're kind of Ruling that out
2: Do you, know, but, you know what I might back it myself As a little Bit of a fun bet um, <laughs> Because It will mean Every game matters So even a, a third round A third match Group stage match I mean, It doesn't mean anything Would matter to the bet But I think it's a, bit, it's a big ask It's 2.5 goals a game you need it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we'll see A lot of 1-0s And 2-0s And 1-0s So yeah. it's, I don't expect it to come in To be fair so I won't be doing it as a bet for the channel, but I might have a little flutter myself privately. Any other
0: bets that caught your eye or any bets that you thought you know you might have been interested in which, which aren't available yet?
2: Um there's one that I saw at the very beginning actually, and it was twelve to one on there being no nil-nils in the in the group stages. Interesting. But I I think, as David said as well, I agree with David. David talked you out of it. <laughs> Sorry Sorry, I've
1: brought the blood <laughs> down around the It's it? going
2: to be the best To ever. There's been all <laughs> your goals, and I'll listen to David. But I think, um, yeah, all the group games not to have a nil nil is a big ask. There's bound to be one in there. But yeah, I just find that interesting
0: that 12 to 1. That kind of feels like a bet that the added games this time around is going to work against you. You know, you probably will yeah. You'd probably want it to be fewer games for that bet to come in, although obviously the price would be a bit shorter. Uh, David, anything from you uh, on the
1: specials markets? Uh, no, sorry, I didn't, <laughs> uh, I didn't go through a lot of specials. Um, still, the weather's still. been so nice, I was just playing golf. Sorry, yeah. How is your <laughs> handicap? <laughs> it's down at 7.6, so that's pretty good. Let's move
0: on very quickly. Okay, I think we've probably covered uh, the tournament in enough detail for certainly before it kicks off. Um, Greg, can you maybe start off and just give us a wee crap, a wee crap, a wee recap? So
2: Wales not to qualify uh, from the group stages is five to six, and that's available in various places. Um, my only match bet so far, pre-match or pre-tournament starting, is Turkey to beat Wales. In the second round of games on the 16th of June, and that's 11 to 8 with Sky Bet. Um, I've got a Finland and Hungary double, both sides to finish bottom of the respective groups, that's Group B and Group F. That's 11 to 10 with Bet 365. And my, my last bet so far is a special, and that's over 6.5 tournament red cards at 7 to 5 with Bet 365. David?
1: Yeah, uh, I've got a few. Um, so Memphis Depay to finish Netherlands top scorer. That was um, five to four, I think, with uh, sixty-four. Sixty-four, four. Yeah. Right, with, with, uh, yeah. Um, also, North Macedonia not to score a goal was uh, five to one. So that's uh, I think that was on Paddy Power. Um, it does seem that like Paddy Power doesn't have the best prices, though, so you might want to look around. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, Portugal to reach the quarter-final um, was 11-10 to 10 on Bet365. Okay. And Scotland to beat Czech Republic was 2-1, to one, which I, I'm happy to get behind.
0: Even just from a patriotic point of view? No, from a
1: purely statistical betting point of view. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, okay great stuff guys thank you very much now don't forget you can follow the guys on twitter at browning84greg and at dweatherston11 Um, Greg you'll be no doubt getting stuck into the tournament as the month goes on and there'll be more tips available on your telegram channel
2: yeah so it's been a great few months for the channel Um, 31 points profit in April a colossal 63 points profit in May with a really fantastic May Mm -hmm. and we've already started June with an app win on Saturday so um, we're doing really well and looking
0: forward to the tournament starting Yeah, so if anyone wants to join the Telegram channel if you're not already on there, just visit cambla.co.uk for all the details of how to sign up. Now, I've not confirmed this with you guys yet but I'm guessing we'll be back pretty soon with the Norwegian podcast David when that swings back into action
1: Yeah, there's an action this weekend uh, coming, both full low boss League and the evening card um, obviously, there's only one player in the elite series that is uh, taking part in the Euros, and uh, he's Courtney Gregg is going to finish bottom in his group, and that's Robert Taylor uh, from Finland. <laughs> so yeah, it is, it's going to be full, full swing. I, I had planned this last week to do some uh, to do some tactical pieces on a couple of the teams in the league, and um, the weather's been so nice. It's <laughs> scared me out of the house so i've been super super lazy and yeah i'm just just gonna probably get back to the the previews this weekend so yeah really looking forward to that
0: good we'll try and squeeze in a wee podcast before the weekend then shall
2: we yeah why not
0: Uh, and we might even look at a, a euro 2020 podcast sometime next week when some of the games are under our belt as well guys um, and just see you know if there's any bets worth having a look at certainly from a match point of view but also from a from a tournament point of view um, and uh, we'll, we'll post details of that on Twitter and on the Telegram channel so that's us for this special Thanks, edition of the Euro 2020 preview podcast thank you very much for listening uh, hope you all enjoy the tournament and uh, best of luck with your bets thank you good
1: luck, you. Yeah, good luck. enjoy it